The Dudes of Kung Fu podcast is brought to you by Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Wing Chun Illustrated is the premier publication for Wing Chun. Published six times a year, Wing Chun Illustrated is a perfect bound, full-color, glossy publication. Each 60-page issue comes packed with in-depth content and feature stories by and about the world's greatest exponents of Wing Chun, regardless of lineage or style. Wing Chun Illustrated has featured people like Imin Bostepe, Philip Bayer, Yip Chun, Gary Lam, Donald Mack, Samuel Kwok, David Peterson, Chan Chi Man, Mark Phillips, Wan Kam Leung, Sam Lau, Robert Chu, Sifu Sergio, Victor Ken, and many, many more. There are two ways you can enjoy this fantastic publication. Go to wingchunillustrated.com and order the magazine as a print-on-demand. The print quality is simply amazing. Or download the Magster app and get a subscription. That's Magster, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. This way, when the new issue hits the stands, you'll automatically receive it as a download onto your smart device for offline reading. In fact, with your new Magster account, you can access the magazine on multiple devices, iOS, Android, Kindle Fire, and web browser. To make the deal even sweeter, listeners of the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast can use the coupon code DUDES to get a six-month complimentary digital subscription. That coupon code is DUDES, typed in all capital letters. Go to Magster, again M-A-G-Z-T-E-R, to register, add the six-month subscription to the cart, and apply the coupon code at checkout. The Dudes of Kung Fu love Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Dudes of Kung Fu. Please welcome your host, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan. Hey, Alex, how are you, brother? Good, man, good. It's uh, happy that we've been consistent for the last few weeks. I'm really proud of us. I, someone should come over here and just pat us on the back. <laughs> wow, they're doing their jobs. How, how swell of them. <laughs> well, all right, first of all, it's not our jobs. Well, for most people who are fans, they kind of think it is like they I think they think that we don't have anything else going on besides like doing the podcast. And then we somehow decide not to do it anyway when we don't want to like. Right, 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 right. (laughs) But both Sean and I have extremely busy lives and two completely different types of busy. Sean's got the nine to five where he's got to commute from Staten Island all the way into Manhattan. And for those of you who don't know, that's a bear of a commute. And I got, you know, the full Kung Fu hustle going on. Uh, the other day you posted something about like, like the commute was extra terrible on the Verrazano and you were like, so, oh, yeah. so how's your commute today? And I'm like, I'm watching the season finale of Cobra Kai on the subway. <laughs> it takes about 20 <laughs> minutes to get to work. <laughs> That's it. Well, did you see the Cobra Kai news today? Uh, what was it? Okay. So first of all, folks, let's, let's take a quick step back. If you are not watching Cobra Kai on, on YouTube, literally this weekend, starts, it's, it's worth the price. Absolutely. It's worth the price of admission. It's not a lot of money for the YouTube. for the for YouTube the premium YouTube subs- or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. Whatever it is. It's like 10 bucks a month or something. And you can binge watch everything in one month. But there's two pieces of news YouTube dropped today. One, they signed them for season three. That's awesome. And two, starting in September, it's going to be free. Well, season three will be free or all of them? All of them. Wow. So, so what they're going to do is this. Season three is going to drop as free. Season one will run free for like a two-week period. Uh-huh. And, and then probably like season two again for like a two-week period. But then season three and going forward, all of their premium content is going to be free. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. And this is so worth it. I mean, this the Cobra Kai series is so well done. It is. It, it's the whole reason I got the YouTube premium anyway. And, it, you know, you have the bonus with the YouTube premium. Like, you don't get the ads and all that kind of stuff. You can also run YouTube in the background while other apps are playing, which is another really fantastic advantage of having YouTube premium, uh, at least on the iPhone. I don't know if it works that way for other platforms. But the Cobra Kai series, I was really blo- – I thought it would be kind of hokey, kind of fun. But it is super well written. I'm really blown away by how well they the first two seasons were put together. I, I agree. I, I love it that um, I saw an interview with Ralph Macchio. And he said that a lot of people that they approached to be in season one, that kind of gave them like a look like, are you kidding me? Right. Are now begging to be in the show. Yep, yep. 
you know, and um, I, I can't remember his name. The gentleman that plays the uh, the second lead. The are, are you are you talking about William guy. Zabka? You mean Johnny? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, right. right. Um, he he seems like a really cool dude. He, I just he, thought of he, following. You know, he has a, amazing acting chops. I mean, you know, he played these kind of like one-dimensional bullies in the '80s, and when you see him in Cobra Kai, he's kind of like a bit of an anti-hero who's kind of like fighting through having gone through the whole Cobra Kai mentality and what that actually means to put that in the real world. And I tell you, like, he's a really solid actor. I mean, William Zabka is like really uh, there was that episode six. I don't want to give anything away because obviously we don't want to give away spoilers. Some people haven't seen it. Um, but there was a one. I think it was episode six where, um, you know, he, he has a chance to meet with some of his old Cobra Kai classmates. And that episode for me is one of the best in the entire season. Like just the way it was written and put together was really incredible. He, I, okay, I have not seen episode six yet. Okay, I'm gonna see it this weekend. Great. We're gonna finish it up this weekend. But uh, he posted on Instagram a picture of him and the original Cobra Kai guys uh-huh. riding motorcycles together. Yes, which is just freaking cool. Yeah, it it's is. Just re- cool. It is really cool. It is really cool. Yeah, super, super amazing. I, uh, I, I finished. I, I binged him in like three days. <laughs> Which right, is the sure, it, sure. advantage of working for yourself, right? It's like, well, this is kind of work. It's like research in the market of martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to like, <laughs> I'm going to binge this. So yeah, it was um, really incredible. And also the season finale is like, it's so awesome. I'm like, okay, season three needs to drop like yesterday because I, 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 I I'm the way it ended. It's just like, oh, come on. Come, like I need season three, like right now. Like that's so awesome. Yeah. That is so awesome. <clears throat> and I'm really, I just, I don't enjoy a lot of like different TV shows for some reason. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm a bit of a spoiled brat with that. A lot of things, and, quite honestly, are uh, kind of look the same. It's a lot. There's a lot of rehashing of stuff, and also I think that a lot of the things that are really popular right now aren't really written for our demographic. Right. This is true. <clears throat> like uh, you know the uh, the warrior, the one that I talked about a few uh, episodes ago, where I had gone to the premiere, the one that's based on Bruce Lee's writings. It's on Cinemax. It's like. You know, I found it entertaining or whatever, but it it, it felt a little bit like um, what was the what was the one on AMC Into the Badlands? It just it just like everything that's kind of martial arts related for me on TV, which is not that much arguably, all kind of feels like Into the Badlands, and it all feels like it's written for like bros who are like twenty five years old. And, right, and, sure. and I just sit there and I go like, you know, when it comes to martial arts action, there's nothing I haven't seen at this point in my life uh, like that they're going to do that's super inventive where I go like, wow, I've never seen anybody kick or punch like that before. And right, sto- you want a story. Yeah. And story wise, it's kind of like I just never really feel that invested in a lot of these characters that come in a lot of these stories. But, you know, everyone is super excited because they're like, oh, Warrior just got renewed for season two. But I'm going to, for all, I know, obviously, we have a Bruce Lee, a lot of Bruce Lee fans because it's a Jeet Kune Do and Wing Chun podcast. But I'm going to, I'm going to spoil your party a little bit. And I think I even might have mentioned this when I talked about uh, Warrior uh, the first time when I went to the premiere. Actually, you know, truthfully, I think I even mentioned this on the episode where I talked about going to the premiere. They shot the first two seasons already. So everyone online is like, yo, Warrior just got renewed for season two. And here's the thing about TV nowadays. Whenever they invest in a TV series, be it for Netflix or whatever, they automatically shoot the first two seasons of everything now. In fact, they're not even going to invest in a TV show unless they're going to do two seasons of it. So they automatically shot all two seasons of Warrior anyway. So they're pretending like it's, oh, it's renewed for season two. They already shot it. So actually, you don't know if a show is going to stick around until season three. So for those of you who got excited about Warrior being quote-unquote renewed, those episodes have already been shot. And and so right, sure, you don't even sure. know yet. Right? Well, um, I, I have not seen Warrior yet. Mm. Um, I've heard good and bad about it. And I'll probably eventually get to it. But I am just so enjoying Cobra Kai. Absolutely. And it's what's good for me is that it's one of, you know, my wife and I, my wife really runs the TV set in my house. <laughs> you know, she does. Um, 
so for us to find a show that we both enjoy is really cool, you know, and which is why I end up watching a lot of reality TV because my wife loves <laughs> reality, reality television. But, um, you know, she enjoys Cobra Kai like I enjoy Cobra Kai. And it's really uh, it's fun that we get to sit down and watch and. You know, you know what's and, funny? I, I never was like a big fan of reality TV. I think the only reality TV shows I liked were the very first ones, which was like the real world on MTV. Like those first couple seasons, like way back in the 90s. It's like before half our audience was born. Those were actually pretty decent because it was before they kind of polished the format. I think what killed reality TV for me was being on a reality TV show. <laughs> so I was on an episode of the TV show Fight Quest which was shot in Hong Kong. It was the Wing Chun episode. And I, I, you know, I didn't place a lot of stock in reality shows by 2008 anyway, but I'm on the set of, and, and Fight Quest is a show that was like, you know, every episode, the two hosts, they go and they learn a martial art. And then at the end of the episode, they fight using the style that they learned in that episode. So like, you know, they go to Japan and learn karate and then fight against karate guys using karate at the end. And then the Wing Chun episode, they went to Hong Kong. They learned Wing Chun. One uh, guy, Jimmy, learned from um, Sifu Leung Ting. And then the other guy learned from Kong Ji Kung. And then there was like a rooftop fight. And I was like involved in putting that episode together. But the episode ended up turning out terribly like they didn't actually shoot the episode the way it was supposed to be done. And then they wanted the Wing Chun people to fight each other instead of fight. See, my idea for the show when the producers contacted me for that episode is I told them, I said, first of all, they fought on a rooftop, which was my idea. Second, I told them Wing Chun was designed to fight against other styles of Kung Fu. So you have to have like Jimmy and the other guy, Doug, learn Wing Chun and then fight against other Kung Fu guys using the Wing Chun they learned for three days. That right, would be right, the real right. test, right? But then they were like, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. And in the last moment, they're like, no, we're just going to have them fight the other Wing Chun guys. And the thing just ended up looking really stupid. But anyway, the, what killed the reality TV show format for me was the whole thing was scripted. So, like, while I'm doing the demo, so I did a demonstration in Victoria Park. Grandmaster Ling Ting did demo. I did demo. And everything that Jimmy and Doug commented in the episode about our demo was handed to them by a producer. They're like, all right, so when that guy comes out, he's going to knock that guy down because we already watched our demo in rehearsal. You're going to say this to him, and then he's going to say that to you, and then we're going to go in tight on your reaction on blah, 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 blah. And there was nothing remotely real about it at all. All the moments that happened in training were all written out. Uh, who, right. who won and who lost the fights at the end of the episode was all completely written. Everything was fixed. And I'm like, this is a show that very easily could have been done real because it would have been interesting and it was all fake. And that's not even like Big Brother or any of these other shows or whatever. Like that was a small martial arts show from 2008 and it was completely fake from top to bottom. Right. Well, I, see, I, tend, I tend to break... Man, this is a real divergence from our top, normal topic, right? <laughs> but I, I tend to break the reality TV down into different categories. Okay. And I look at there's this segment of reality television that's um, the Kardashians, the Hulk Hogan's, the Braxton's. Uh-huh. This idea that it's like, oh, you're in the household living with them kind of bullshit. Uh-huh. And the other reality TV is really a a new version of a game show. Uh-huh. Well, you mean like the amazing race, like that kind of the stuff? The amazing race, mm-hmm. survivor. Right. These are more like game shows. Yeah, These but are, even that stuff is crazy scripted, man. I'm sure a lot 100%. of it's scripted. But I, I definitely believe that the competitions on the, on the show Survivor mm-hmm. are awesome yeah like they are they have amazing competitions right right my wife and, my wife watches those too actually i think i think you guys sometimes like the same stuff on facebook like like my oh, i'm sure yeah and and she always tells me that i need to be on the amazing race because i would be really good at that or something like that and i'm like you're, you probably would be very good at amazing race <laughs> yeah i don't know about that i don't have the but, patience to deal with those idiots <laughs> but the the um the athleticism right that's needed the uh you know, there's the you need athleticism, you need smarts, right. and you also need to kind of be someone who's sociable. Right. You need you need to have three aspects to your game, 
And I think the social game of it could be part that's scripted. Oh, we don't like, we want you to not like them. Right, right, right. <clears throat> kind of thing. And I'm sure that that happens along the way. But I, I do, I do believe that Survivor is real. Right. I think they're, you know, they're, those are, I believe the Amazing Race to be real. These, those kind of reality shows, these game show reality shows are what I enjoy. And what Lori enjoys, like let me. She also enjoys the Kardashians and shit like that. But, can I can I tell uh, you about a really weird reality show based dream I had once? Uh, sure. So I had a dream that there was a reality show where they put all the famous Wing Chun Sifus in one house together, but the guy who was who was the producer of the reality show was the villain from Saw, <laughs> and like the Wing Chun people had to get along, otherwise he was gonna murder them one by one. But anyway, the last person who was left, he was going to murder anyway. And that was like, and, and it turns out when he took his mask off, he was a famous Wing Chun guy who I won't mention anyway. And it was like the moral of my dream was all Wing Chun people are evil. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty, so, um, pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I guess the last one on the entertainment thing uh, – uh, a few weeks ago, I saw a movie called Master Z, which was a it's a Yip, it's a spinoff of the Yip Man series with Donnie Yen, and it had David Bautista. And um, anyway, I don't know why people like these movies. I I think that um, if it's Wing Chun related, all the Wing Chun people get so excited. Like people get so super excited about all the Yip Man movies, and I think it's great. It's good promotion for the films. But I think like people give these things way too much credit. Like. Birth of the Dragon, you know, which tells the story about Bruce Lee and Wong Jack Man. It's like nothing about the story is remotely true. And also, like, the martial arts are not really, like, accurate to what was going on in the story. But it's like, oh, it's about Bruce Lee, so it's great. So people love it and watch it and they support it anyway. And, oh, it's about Yip Man, so we love it and support it anyway. And I feel that it's kind of like... Your level of um, how well you can enjoy these movies depends on how much you're into it. Like, I've been going down a rabbit hole lately with Star Wars and how much people hate the last Star Wars. And I, I hated the last Star Wars, but mildly, I don't really care. I'm not a Star Wars nerd. But they're like people who are way into Star Wars who will go on for two hours on YouTube about everything that sucks about that movie. And I go, wow, that's me for the Yip Man movies. But I guess that's that guy for Star Wars. I, I mildly don't like the new Star Wars movies, but I don't hate it. But, like, I could be that guy for Wing Chun. So I guess it's like it's like no matter what field you're in, there's always, like, how how into it will determine how well you could possibly enjoy being entertained by these right, movies. Right, I mean, the whole Star Wars thing, ever since Captain Kirk and Spock and all that, I just, not, you know. Well, you know, you know what, um... You know what Spock found in the in the toilet, right? What? The captain's log. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only. See, I don't know anything about Star Trek, but I know that joke. <laughs> oh, that's not Star Wars. No, 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 no. But um, I I, I see what you're going there, and when you you know you do like some live long and prosper, Spock signed to at a Star Wars convention, or you go to Star Trek people and say, "May the Force be with you." You know, these are like. These are like, you know, going going to a, a Wing Chun conference and saying, I love the IP, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had a funny little uh, Cantonese uh, phrase for you, which I think I mentioned on, on another show, but it wasn't one of like the official ones that I taught you. So um, it's kind of a simple one. It's only three Chinese characters and it's a Sa Tai Gek. One more time. So S-A Sa. Sa. Tai, Tai. Gek. Gek. Like G-I-K, right? Gek. And Tai Gek is actually Tai Chi in Cantonese. Because Sa, everyone who, who yeah, everyone who does Tai Chi, they, when they say Tai Chi, or it should be like Tai Chi, they're actually using the Mandarin pronunciation of it. But if you're a Cantonese oh, speaker, you say, yeah, you, it, yeah, that that is the Mandarin. Uh, and also like Quan, like Tai Chi Quan means Tai Chi fist. Quan is Kun. In oh, Mandarin, okay. yeah. So when you see like Shaolin Chuan, right, or whatever Chuan, Chuan is Kun in, in another pronunciation, but it's the same character. Right. So Sa literally in Cantonese means to play Tai Chi, but it's actually a um, 
it's a common like turn of phrase when you're going to bullshit somebody <laughs> of all things. Now, that doesn't the, the, the inference isn't that Tai Chi is bullshit. What they're talking about is the idea how Tai Chi kind of like um, is very indirect or kind of works you in circles a little okay. bit. Right. So. So, if, for example, if if you it's essentially it means in Cantonese to give someone the runaround. Oh, OK. So so it means that more than to like bullshit somebody. So it's like you don't want to give someone a direct answer. You kind of like skirt the issue. You go around it. Um, that is actually sa tai get to play tai chi. And and yes, so uh, I I always I thought that was kind of interesting because it's kind of a somewhat martial arts related reference that's used in everyday speech in Cantonese. That is pretty. So sa, let me try it again. Sa. sa. Tai. Tai. Get. Yes. Sa, yes, tai yes. Get. yes. Yes. And 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 um actually people who are Bruce Lee fans. Or would have heard Bruce Lee say not sa tai gek but tai gek uh, in his famous uh, uh, lost interview with Pierre Burton where uh, Pierre Burton asks Bruce like oh what is this thing like you know uh, that I see all the people doing in the morning this kind of shadow boxing and then Bruce goes oh well you know I'm happy to see people care about their body and um, he goes uh, that is uh, something called uh, tai chi and then he, he even demonstrates like a few movements in the air that he probably learned from his father and he says that's Taiji trend, but he pronounces it in Mandarin very poorly. And he goes, I'm speaking Mandarin right now. Uh, uh, but he was kind of joking because he doesn't speak right, Mandarin. Sure. He was kind of butchering the pronunciation. And he goes, in Cantonese, Tai Gek Kun. Right? Tai Gek Kun. Kun meaning right. fist is Tai Chi Chen in Cantonese. So it was pretty cool. He goes, Tai Chi Chen. He goes, well, in Cantonese, Tai Gek Kun. Right? This is like he had to like say, like, but that's not the way I say it. Right? So that's cool. I, and cool. I see people doing yeah. Tai Chi every morning. Um, yeah, because part of my commute to work is I um, I sit in traffic on the FDR Drive, and there's a couple of parks right along the FDR Drive. Right, and, that's and, right. And um, I see people every morning out there, some uh, doing yeah. uh, Tai Chi, and I just think it's incredible. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts about going to Hong Kong because they have this culture of in the morning you get up, you go to the park, and there's literally a park in every neighborhood. And you do morning exercises. And for some people, so you see all the old grannies out there doing calisthenics or they're doing dancing or fan dancing or like, you know, doing Tai Chi or whatever. But you just see all the old people out there like exercising, stretching, walking, doing Tai Chi, doing sword, doing fan. And they're doing it for their health. And it's amazing. Like uh, on my last trip to Hong Kong in February, uh, I stayed with my in-laws and they live in the new territories, which is like kind of what you would call the countryside, although it's not really countryside anymore. It's all developed. Sure. But like it's not in downtown Hong Kong. It's like a little out in the sticks. And I got up every morning and I went to the park and there it was the same grannies there every day. And they saw me every day and I would say hi to them in Cantonese and they would giggle uh. and they would ask me, you know, some some, you know, we like chit chat in Cantonese. And they thought it was just so funny that this like white kid sure. spoke Cantonese. And I'm like, you know, and I'm doing pull ups and I'm doing some like movement and stuff. And these old ladies, they'll like plant their foot like over their head. And they even have like monkey bars, like 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 stuff that kids play with. And like these grannies will go on the monkey bars and climb all the way across. And I'm looking at that and I'm going like, that's not just like fit for an old person. That's like damn that's fit. That's wonderful. And. And I love that culture um, in in Asia in general, but like in Hong Kong specifically, where it's like if you're older, you get up in the morning and you you got to keep the machine well oiled, otherwise it's not going to serve you. And I think that that's amazing. That that is fantastic. The other thing I see a lot of um, there's a lot of in Manhattan also in the city in parks is this open air yoga mm. all over the place. Yes, all over the place, and that's just a, fantastic. I mean, it's you know, it's not grannies; it's twenty-three-year-olds in in in, in tight clothing, but <laughs> which is also incentivizing, right. I suppose, for people to get up. Sean, why did you drive around the block work? seven times? I don't know, <laughs> but um, I just I just think it's wonderful. I think it's fantastic that people are out there doing shit. I mean, that's just that's the yeah, way to be. That's, it's, it's super important and having a morning routine that includes some kind of exercise 
uh, I think it's, it's definitely one of the best ways to go in terms of like getting your body ready for whatever your work is that day. There are a lot of people who like to do their workout early in the morning like and and I think that's also a really great idea because you get it over with and it's kind of like you start the day already in a plus right See, and when, then, when I'm being healthy which I mean, I'm being healthy now and yeah. I'm trying to lose weight and crap like that I need to exercise in the morning yeah. um, for several reasons you know one by the end of the day at the end of the work day my knees and my feet are in so much pain that for sure me, and you're just fatigued right, from work, from work anyway, and right? I just I just don't have the energy to do it but I find that when I work out in the morning, I feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And so, so yes. like today I went to work. And for people that don't know me very well, but will not shock you to hear, I have an obsession with McDonald's. Okay? <laughs> I love McDonald's hash browns. Uh-huh. I fucking love McDonald's hash browns. <laughs> well, I went into work today and the firm bought... McDonald's breakfast for everybody. Uh-huh. So there's like 50 hash brown patties sitting on the desk. Oh, oh. You know, and that was tough for me. Yeah. And had I not worked out. Right. I had to be, I would have ate, you know, half a dozen. So, wow. well, I don't know about that, but you know, <laughs> like I would have ate them. And it was the fact that I worked out that right. I was kind of feeling good about myself. I'm like, yeah, you, know, you don't want to fuck this up. And the right. other thing is I kind of feel like because when I get up and work out before going to work, it puts me in a better mood in that I know I don't have to do it when I get home. So I'm not sitting yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. If, if I sit if on, on, on the days when I talk myself out of working out in the morning and right. say, I'll do it tonight, I'll do it tonight, my feet hurt too much, whatever, the whole day I'm in a bad mood. Right. Because I know when I get home, I got to do it. And it pisses me off all day. Yeah. That I, yeah. That I didn't take the, the, the 20 minutes that I work out, which I know it's only 20 minutes, but it's 20 minutes better than not doing it. Right. And and didn't just get, I just didn't get it done. And so I kind of feel like when I, it's so important for me to work out in the morning and, and I get that, that was that, that, that boost to my ego Hey, I did something, and right. and also I don't have that stress of uh, hanging over my head all day. That oh, if you don't work out tonight, you're a fucking failure. If you don't, you know what sure, I mean. Like, sure. you know, like yeah, you know, tough on yourself. What I need to do next though is I need to find something healthy or to eat. Mm. It's um, it's it's a slow process. You know, you got to find what's working. Um, unfortunately, it's not easy for me with. You know, dealing with food allergies and things to that effect, but uh-huh. um, you know, it's uh, I like when I'm quote unquote being good because I I, uh-huh. cause I find then that I'm thinking of the future more. I'm right. thinking about things yeah. I want to do as opposed to the things I can't do, which is a bad right. habit I fall into. I don't, I don't mean to make this about a Sean psychological system session, uh-huh. but like when I'm when I'm when I'm like just like oh fuck it, I'm gonna eat what I want and just being bad, I tend to focus on the things I can't do. Then right. when sure. once I start working out and eating healthy, I tend to focus on things I'm going to do when I get healthier, or things that I can do now that I couldn't do prior. Right. And it's just a better mindset to live your life in. Yeah. yeah. You know. So uh, let's see how long this lasts. But anyway, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm being good. I'm trying to. Lori, Lori and I booked the cruise. Oh, nice. Where to? Oh, I I couldn't tell you. I have no fucking clue. Oh, <laughs> I I go wherever the boat points to. I have no idea. Have you have you ever been on a cruise before? Yes, we've been on several. Um, we like cruising. We're 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 a cruising family. We want to. In fact, we went on a cruise on our honeymoon. That was our first cruise for both of us, and uh-huh. that was 25 years ago. And um. I would say we've probably been on four or five cruises since, and uh-huh. we love them. Like we people, for anybody to say, "Oh, yeah, we feel confined," and I, I get that, I get that until you've been on a cruise, and then you'll realize you right. never be, you never feel confined. We're, we're going on our first cruise this year. I've never been on one before. Uh, we're going in uh, December when I go to Florida for the month. We're taking the whole family from Florida to like the Caribbean or something and back. That's exactly what and, we're doing. Uh, 
So we're leaving for Bayonne. Oh, nice. We're leaving from Bayonne, and um, uh huh. They but they led boats in Bayonne. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they they yes they do you dick. Just the I thought they just the garbage barge from the eighties was allowed to cruise in there. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that in New York Harbor, oh, the famous sure. garbage yeah, barge yeah. that got stuck? Yeah, that was. Such you a know, big Bayonne deal. has a nice little uh, cruising community. It's um, it's it's got a nice dock. It's a uh, a Royal Caribbean, which is a top flight cruise line. Leaves uh-huh. out of Bayonne, and um, it's I love it. I I I absolutely love it, and uh, it's cool. It's you awesome. go out underneath the Verrazano, and, and we head down to the Caribbean, and we used to do like a ten day cruise, and nice. uh, so we actually booked two cruises, one for six months from now, and one for a year from now, cool. and um, you know, so I'm I have that in my head like. You know, I, I get up in the morning and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to work out today. And I'm like, no, uh-huh. but I want to have fun. I want to have a fun time in that cruise. I want to mm-hmm. be able to do whatever I want to do, you know, and just, you know, have fun. And if I sure. need to kill somebody in Bermuda and get away quick, I need to do that. You know? <laughs> That's the place to right, do it. Right, <laughs> exactly right, you know. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so that, 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 that's where I'm at these days, you know. Um, cool. I actually have a question for you, though. Yes. Um, Wing Chun Maxims. Uh huh. I saw somebody discussing them on the Facebook today and yesterday, and they were discussing it was in a group the maxim beginners shouldn't use strength. Yes, yes, yes. Very famous one. My understanding of that, I would, Mm. I would absolutely tell you it was elementary. It's, 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 I, in what I think is just a simplified understanding of it. To me, mm-hmm. it means, of, like, to me, it's common sense. Like, beginners shouldn't use strength, right? Because when you're using strength, you're not using skill. Like, I right. tend to think of it in terms of, like, um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like when you're, you're trying to do a role in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu... A, like a sweep or something and the more strength you have to use the less skill and timing and and, and leverage you're using and i and i right, to me right. that kind of makes like it would be the same thing in wing chun if you have to use strength to barrel through someone's defenses it just means you didn't get the angle correctly and your timing's off and things like that so to me right, that's right. what that's how i look at it and Online, I was seeing, I wish I would have wrote them down, much more like high-level thinking or gobbledygook mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I don't know if it was bullshit or I don't, but to me, like, I was like, no, like, this, to me, it's like one of those things that it just makes sense. Like, of course, you begin to shoot your strength. You should use skill and timing. And the more skill and timing you use, the less strength you, you'll use. Right. Right. But how do you look at that? Like, am I am I look am I is what I'm saying super elementary or is it? Well, so I mean, like like everything else, I mean, it, it, it everything is always context driven, right? So uh, when you know, if the context is in terms of teaching, uh, it absolutely makes sense. If it's in terms of improving better movement, it makes sense. If it's in terms of the overall strategy of how we develop power in Wing Chun, it makes sense. So the problem is when you look online at something like this, you have three different ways you can look at it. You can look at it from, you know, the perspective of what a teacher is telling a student to guide them along the way. The second one, you can look at it from a performance perspective. And the third one, you can look at it from how um, Wing Chun looks at the overall generation of power. Um, in the overall scheme. So when you go online and you hear people talking about this, and this is the problem in politics, discourse in politics, discourse in martial arts and all that kind of stuff, is you have people who are coming from different perspectives offering their opinion on the same thing, but telling the other person that they're wrong, not because their idea is wrong, but they're not coming from the same perspective. So you have somebody who's using it that saying is a teaching tool telling the guy who's using it as a power progression tool that they're wrong, but actually they're both right and they're both wrong. It depends on the perspective. So that one I know a lot about because I researched that one quite a bit. 
um, Wing Chun has three basic principles of dealing with force. Uh, that is, um, namely, selek, selek, selek. All right. Two of them sound almost exactly the same. Selek, selek, and selek, which literally means abandon your force, unload the force, and borrow the force. Okay. So this is a three-pronged strategy. Abandon your force is the job of the beginner. <laughs> so because, for example, if you come from another martial arts background, all right, uh, let's just say somebody comes to you from a uh, very powerful style, Hongkun or karate or something like that, right? In order for them to do the movements correctly, you have to tell them to completely relax, especially when they're learning the Siunim Tao form, which feels totally foreign and awkward to them, right? It's like, hey, do it totally relaxed. Try not to push it and use a lot of power. Kind of get rid of that old idea that you got to tense the living piss out of your arm to punch something powerfully, right? Relax your arm, all that kind of stuff, right? So you tell that person, beginners shouldn't use force. All right. You need to learn to abandon your force. And that has a component of getting the student to just get reps in without using unnecessary antagonistic muscle tension. Because tension, tensing your arms, is a great way to screw up good coordinated movement, right? If you look at anybody who moves well, a gymnast, a basketball player, a boxer, you would never say that they're moving tensely. <laughs> you would say that they're moving very fluidly, right. right? So in other words, they're only their body is only moving and making muscle contractions on the muscles they need, and they're not contracting muscles that they don't need. So the best way in sports science to get somebody to do this is to start from a zero point of being completely relaxed. And then over time, you gradually add more and more power to get into that Goldilocks zone of using the right amount of power without overly tensing and using muscles you don't need. So Wing Chun uh, did it a long time ago with the concept, but nowadays sports science is basically telling us that this is actually how you should learn anything. If you want to learn how to do a deadlift, you should learn how to do a deadlift without a bar first. Right, exactly <laughs> You right. should do do the motion of it without any tension, without any load on your joints, and get the movement down perfectly. And then you do it with the bar. And then you do it with a little bit of weight and then more weight. And that is actually the paradigm of what we mean by beginners shouldn't use strength. You should be grooving these new movements, these new techniques into your nervous system without unnecessary load. The load you develop progressively over time, the same way you progressively spar right. against more resisting and heavier attacks, so should you also introduce your movement patterns, slow and easy at first, and gradually adding speed, power, resistance, and all that kind of stuff. So the, that maxim of is completely in line with what the latest sports science tells us. The second principle of force has to do with your opponent, and that is select, which means to unload the force of your opponent. So what's interesting is of the three force components, abandon your force, unload the opponent's force, and borrow the force. The first one has nothing to do with your opponent. The first one only has to do with yourself. Because like everything, the first and foremost battle is always with ourselves, not with our opponent. So you have to master your own nervous system. Once you have mastered that, then the other two have to deal with your opponent, namely two and three. Unloading the power basically means not holding on to your opponent's power. If someone presses your arms down, you don't hold it. You run around and let it go. Simple Wing Chun idea. If somebody pulls you or gives you like a heavy pull you don't resist it you borrow their power and punch them so this is kind of the three-pronged strategy of how wing chun teaches students how to deal with force first the battle with yourself abandoning your own power and then unloading and ultimately borrowing so uh yeah so that that's kind of how i look at it that's excellent that's excellent yeah i hope that i hope that makes sense No, it actually did i i uh did you see that on like a Jeet Kune Do or a Wing Chun forum? It, or it was on a was Wing Chun that? forum. And oh, okay. someone uh, had uh, mentioned that topic. And I, I remember you know reading it. And I don't often post because I don't like to get involved in discussions. Right. 
But are you are you what are you what's known as a lurker? I'm like absolutely where, a lurker, the, the, yeah. yeah, I'm totally a lurker too. I go around and look and I go, ooh, this is super ugly. But I'll read it, but I won't participate. But I'll read right, it. Right, <laughs> I'll read it. No, because I just don't want to argue with people. Life is just too yeah, short. It's, and it's such a waste of it's time. It's just you know, I mean, you're not going to change anybody's mind, and I'd much rather have friends no. online than enemies. Yeah, of so course. So I don't bother discussing. Well, and and for people who always say like no, but you know you got to set the record straight. I go all right. Show me one example in the history, not not just in general online, but let's say in Wing Chun in in particular, where somebody through comments in real time changed their right, opinion. Right, exactly right. Show me, show me that where somebody says, you know what. I really understand now the teacher I'm learning from is a fraud. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or like, yeah, our idea behind Paxo is really stupid. <laughs> I'm so happy you told me this, right? Like, you know, it's never happened before because it's not, it, it's not the nature of how human beings discuss things. And I don't really feel that anybody ever goes on there to actually have discussions so much as they go to essentially, um, you know, kind of kind of puff their chest and show what they know. They're kind of like, it's kind of the martial arts virtue, uh, um, version of virtue signaling. Look how much I know. Look what I can do. Look how knowledgeable my Sifu is, and you don't know shit, and this is why you don't know shit. And they think that that's somehow a great way to start a conversation. As if you would ever start a conversation with a person like that in real in, in the real right. world, right? Right, it's, it's, it's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, totally, totally crazy. Yeah, I kind of like when we have a chance to go over these uh, these maxims because, uh, first of all, I find there's so much overlap with Jeet Kune Do anyway, with, especially with Wing Chun being one of the root arts. And especially when you really understand the Wing Chun mottos, they're not, they're not so specific in terms of discussing solely a Wing Chun technique, but it's kind of like an idea. And, I mean, the way I understood it, you know, Jeet Kune Do – is 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 founded on principles and ideas much more so than specific techniques. And when you look at these Wing Chun uh, maxims or mottos or whatever you want to call them, when you boil when you boil them down, they're not talking about techniques. Even the ones that seem to be talking about techniques, they're talking about ideas. They're talking about principles, things that can be applied uh, across a vast uh, swath of um, situations and, and, and adaptations and, and I think that's what people need to understand rather than solely arguing about the shape of one's bong cell over the shape of someone else's you gotcha. know? All right, so dude I got something else to talk to you about yes artmarshallclothing.com oh yes artmarshallclothing.com so our our viewers uh, may see that now, you know, we're getting more and more interest from the greater martial arts world. And we have people who want us to talk about their products. And I think it's great because we get offers for really great products out there. And um, Art Martial Clothing is a is a clothing line. Now, you also went to their website. You saw some of their stuff, Dude, right? They have one. It's, it looks like a, a, a samurai comic book. Is it a T-shirt? It's a T-shirt. It's a uh -huh. T-shirt that has... The cover of a samurai comic book on it with, with really? Miyamoto Musashi. Oh, and you're a Musashi oh fan. My That's God. your thing right Dude, there. I like I I I geeked like like a little girl at a Justin Bieber concert. I was <laughs> like, oh my God, I need this. This this these shirts are so unlike like the normal martial arts, like I'm gonna kill you sucker type t shirts. Right, like some bloody fist right. or something like that. These, these are really well done, man. These are like different kind of designs. I absolutely, I mean, just enjoying the stuff here. It's like they have, a lot of it is, uh, they have some Kung Fu stuff. A lot of like uh, samurai kind of uh, feel to Like motifs, yeah. You know, Kota Bushido. Um, but I love these ones that looks like, they look like a comic book cover. On the T-shirt. Yeah. Are you just, so yeah. So um, I I also look too. So so art martial clothing, which is actually a really interesting name there because it's always everything's always martial art something. This is art martial, which is kind kind of interesting. So art art martial clothing. They have some really cool designs. Uh, the the three kung fu designs that I saw. Um, they have a kung fu temple design, which is like 
which kind of like looks like the Shaolin Temple, and then another one is a wooden dummy with a snake, with like a with like a snake that around looks it, which so is really badass. cool. <laughs> and then um, I also know I don't know because uh, they told us this. I don't know if it's on their website yet, but they also have a Yip Man, um, a Yip Man shirt as well, which is kind of like a Marvel DC inspired comic book take on on Yip Man, which I think is really cool. And uh, they they said it would be on the website this week, but I didn't. Well, they I, have, I checked a couple days ago. I didn't see Grand it. They have one. Yes, yes. Yeah, because it's Kung Fu Master and Teacher Bruce Lee featuring Yip Man. Awesome. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's so, really cool. Yeah, so definitely, definitely going to get a set of that. Um, so for dudes of Kung Fu listeners, uh, there's a special deal for you. Um, what what was the, what was the deal for them, sure, Sean? So it's. The uh, the code is D capital D O K F dudes of kung fu dudes of kung fu for you, for you morons <laughs> that can't spell dude uh, dudes of kung fu D O K F all capitals and they get a discount ten percent off wow ten percent off and that's at artmarshallclothing.com. again art Marshall clothing, no dashes or anything like that. Artmarshallclothing.com. Uh code D O K F for ten percent off any art marshall designs and t-shirts the stuff looks really cool go ahead and support them they're an official sponsor of the dudes of kung fu be really awesome if you go there and use that code and show that you support the dudes and you support support art martial clothing as well and i I would i'm telling you this shit is so cool i really 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 dig those shirts i mean they look really sharp um i was actually i was really impressed i was like wow these, these are different yeah, and it's great because you know you, uh, on like Instagram you see a lot of stuff like you know like people are trying to pitch different martial arts related stuff and a lot of the stuff kind of looks the same and a lot of it is all kind of kind of rehashed old things you know and and what I like about it is these are all like original art designs. Yeah. And so this isn't like, you know, some kind of repurposed thing from some other website or something like that. This is these are all original art designs and the stuff looks uh, really awesome and uh, yeah definitely definitely uh, super happy to have them on board so we have Wing Chun Illustrated still is our official sponsor and uh, now we have Art Martial Clothing which I think is really great shows that the podcast is growing and the audience is growing and again you know Sean and I are are only going to um, you know put stuff uh, as you know or allow sponsors to be the kind of stuff that we like you know I don't I don't know if we're going to be you know uh, I, I don't know, sp- getting sponsors from any, like, I don't know, candy companies or, or MeUndies or anything like that anytime soon. But the stuff that, you know, we'll bring on the show is absolutely stuff that we support, stuff that we think is great, and uh, stuff that we think you guys would think is great, too. Yeah, you know, it's um, the podcast is a work of love for Alex and I. The fact that we have over 110,000 downloads already and the support from you folks has been amazing. And we... Don't just say yes to everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, neither neither Alex nor I make a living from the podcast. So we don't say yes to everybody that comes in. You know what I mean? It's just... And this also includes guests, too, by the way, because actually, like, we've had some really fantastic guests, Steve Golden, uh, Burton Richardson... Uh, David Peterson, uh, Jim Rosalando. We've had like really fantastic guests and definitely we'll have guests again in the future as well. And people like it, but uh, a lot of people tell us they really just like listening to Sean and I kind of talk back and forth and they like that dynamic. And uh, of course we're still going to bring guests for you guys as well. But you know, I think we found a, a sweet spot with the format that people really like, but we get tons of requests for people who want to be on the show and it's not always possible for us to fit that in with our schedule and it's never really anything personal, but like, you know, Sean and I, we squeeze this podcast in at the end of our busy work week and it's not always easy to coordinate this with other people. Right. I mean, just the, 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 the taping of this episode tonight changed like two or three times already. That's <laughs> you know right. I mean? That's it's right. Just, it just, we're, we're so on the fly with things. It's just, it's tough. It's tough to get a guest on, you know, but yeah, in general, just so you guys know, and most of you guys have been following us know, like we generally record Friday night after, you know, Sean gets home and I get done teaching my classes and then we will release the podcast either Sunday or Monday for our Patreon supporters. And remember our Patreon supporters, you guys get the podcast early and uh, then usually a few days later it goes out uh, for general release 
So that's why sometimes when we talk about things that, you know, when you're listening to the podcast and we talk about things that happened today, you got to uh, realize this was probably recorded last week on Friday. <laughs> it's literally the, the only time we, we've recorded on other days, but it, it's fr- it, like it always feels like if we can't do it on Friday, we're probably not going to do it that weekend because either Sean or I will be like, yeah, we'll do it Saturday. And then Saturday comes like, ah, I'm tired. or I got something going on. or uh, Let's do it next Friday. Right. And it's not that we don't want to deliver for you guys, but Sean and I are both legitimately super, super busy. But of course, if the podcast grows, we get more sponsors, we get more Patreon supporters or whatever. Uh, we can make more time if it becomes a, a more feasible for us to do it. But even if we weren't making a dime, we'd still do it because we love you guys. And, um, you know, uh, we're going to try to keep the content coming for you guys and, and hope you guys support it and enjoy this it. This summer, I want to do another live, a live, uh, live podcast. We can do that for my school. You're gonna come up the four I flights. I think so. Yeah, I think um, I think that would be a lot of fun. I, yeah. I you know, I, I want to come up to you. I miss going. I miss going to your school. I, yeah. I want to check out that new jong you got. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's on the fourth floor, and and it's still not installed yet. The guy's gonna install it in a week and a half. So it's been like on the floor, and I've been like salivating <laughs> looking at it for weeks. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's so many of your students I want to hang out with again. And um, so I think um, we just got to figure out a way of uh, making sure we advertise it, that people can come and just like sit there and watch us do the podcast live, you know? I think, I think that, yeah, absolutely. I think that would be- yeah, we'd love to have all our local fans come, and, and I think that would be really great. And uh, um, yeah, and, and of course, it's, it's always kind of fun when it's live. I like. I mean, we do this every week. So, you know, for long time listeners of the podcast, it's it's, you know, Sean and I, we, we record this from our respective homes. So I'm looking at Sean's face on the screen. He's looking at mine and, and we do it from afar. But it's always more fun when we're in the same right. room. Oh, it's and, you special. Know, we, can, we can kind of talk shit face to face. And, you know, it's funny. Like, you know, John and I were just talking about it. We've only done it like in the same room, like. A handful right. of times, four, four, five like the, times like the, the the pilot episode and maybe two episodes uh, at your place since then, and one episode at yeah. my uh, at my school, and I think that's kind yeah, of yeah, that's and and they're always a lot of fun. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I, I joke. I said it's, it's it's always great to make fun of Alex, but to make fun of Alex in front of the students. It's just, it's just poetry, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we should definitely do that. This summer is going to be super busy for me, and uh, I'm going to do my best uh, to make sure that we still deliver some podcasts uh, on a regular basis, even though I'll be traveling a little bit this summer, going uh, going to Toronto, going to California, going to Hong Kong. And, uh, um, and yeah, so, so we'll, we'll, we'll squeeze them in and we'll definitely, I think I'm, this, definitely in fact, this time. time I'm traveling too. I have to go to midtown Manhattan. I'm going to Brooklyn. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to Jersey. <laughs> but people who don't live in New York don't realize what a big deal that is for us. Oh, it's like, God. if you live in Brooklyn and you got to go to Staten Island or you live in Manhattan and you got to go to the Bronx, it's like, and, and going to another section of New York city it's like for locals, it's like, oh, right. Like, oh, I got to get on this train or I got to drive this way. I got to do that. When you actually see that it's like a seven mile distance or, uh, you know, it's not even that noticeable. It's like my friends who live um, in Germany, uh, you know, like if I got friend, like Germany for perspective, like Germany fits in California four times. Right. All right. So like, you know, but I got friends like who live in Berlin and I got other friends who live in like Frankfurt, which is like maybe a a six hour train ride or something. And they're just like, Oh God, I can't go all the way over there. And it's like in the States, we, we tend to like not scoff at like long distances as much because we live in a big country. Unless you live in the city, when you're in the microcosm of a city, then everyone becomes, oh, I'm not going to go all the way to that side of the block or, oh, I'm not going to go over there. But like in any other place in the U.S., you'll drive 10, 15 minutes, get on a plane, go here, go there, whatever. But once you're a New Yorker, you're not leaving your borough unless you absolutely have (laughs) to. right? And you don't want to go to Jersey and you don't want to go two boroughs away and you don't want to have to drive in traffic or deal with a parade or anything. Right. Whereas people who visit New York are more than happy to go everywhere because it's all new to them. But for for us, it's like, oh, man, I mean, my whole world is the block I live in here in Queens. 
the where from my home to the subway from the subway to my school and then like i'm in my school all day and then i come home and people are like hey did you go to this music festival do you do this in new york and new york is one of those places where like there's always something going on and if you live here you cannot possibly take advantage of a, the smallest percentage right. of that and you don't even want to because you just like i just want to go do my thing and go home and you got to filter out all the nonsense and you know so that's why like regular listeners to the podcast will it's normal that i scoff about having to go to staten island or sean's got to scoff about going to jersey this this is how new yorkers are <laughs> <laughs> you know my father was, was in germany for a little while when he was in the army that's right. Yeah. That's right. Was he in Ramstein or what? Um, oh, I'm gonna really say it bad, but Schwabisch uh, Oh, Schwabische Halle. Okay, I, I yeah. He always said Schwabische Hall. I think it was with Schwabische Hall. Yeah, yeah, but it's a Schwabische Halle. Yeah. yeah, which I I believe should be. I don't know exactly where it is, but it's Schwabisch. Schwabisch is also a dialect of German, and that was the dialect of the area that I um where I trained in Germany. And uh, I'm, I'm sure I told this story before, but it's, it's kind of funny. Like German has just as many accents as like American English. You got kind of like your version, like Berliners, they speak like New Yorkers. And then like in the, in, you know, like uh, in Bavaria, they speak like Southerners, right, sure. you know. So you have all these different accents, right? And so my father is super, super German. And, I mean, his name, his name is Manfred. All right. Manfred Richter, which is like there is no more German name than that. Right. And my father grew up in Germany. He grew up near Berlin. He came to the States in the early 70s. But like if, when you meet my dad, he speaks flawless English, but has still has a German accent. And I believe he only has a German accent because he's a proud German. Wants one. Otherwise, his English is perfect. He probably could not have a German accent if he wanted to, but he's still German, yeah. right? So he doesn't give it up. But my whole life growing up, uh, my dad never spoke German with me because my mother's Cuban. So the common language at home was, was English. And so I grew up hearing German, but my father never really spoke German to me. So then... Flash forward to my early 20s, I moved to Germany to do, of all things, kung fu full time. <laughs> and uh, and I learned to speak German pretty much on the job. I go to the castle in Germany and I, I learned to speak German from essentially my Wing Chun instructors. And my Wing Chun instructors in that area that I went to school in, which is near Heidelberg, speak a dialect of German called Schwäbisch, like the Schwäbisch Hall. <laughs> And Schwäbisch is a really hickish southern dialect of German. It sounds pretty abhorrent to people who speak proper German. Like anybody who speaks any kind of proper high German, if you start speaking like Schwäbisch, they will like literally like lift up their nose and roll their eyes. <laughs> like that is some goddamn abomination of German, right? And, uh, you know, reminds me of the time I taught a seminar in North Carolina. I went to Starbucks, ordered a latte, and the girl at the Starbucks in North Carolina goes, are you a foreigner? <laughs> <laughs> to me, and I go like, nah, I'm from New York. And she's like, you must think I'm so ignorant. <laughs> and I'm just like, can I get my coffee, please? I need to leave. So anyway, apparently the German I spoke was the equivalent of that <laughs> Starbucks lady's English, right? So... You have to imagine my father is a very proud German who speaks perfect high German. My father speaks. He doesn't speak like a Berliner. He speaks clean, perfect, high German. And his son, his one and only son who doesn't speak German, moves to Germany, learns to speak German. Cool. And then I come <laughs> back to the States and have my first conversation with my father in German at by age. I, I was like maybe 21 right. or 22 or something like that. And I'm so proud to be able to speak to my father in German for the first time. And I, you know, start speaking, you know, like saying like, hey, dad, I'm having such a great time in Germany. Like I'm just saying all like normal stuff in German. Right. And the look on my dad's face, which was like this perfect yin and yang mix of like proud that his son finally speaks his mother tongue, 
but complete and utter shame and disappointment <laughs> that I have the worst expression of the German language, which is the Schwäbisch accent. <laughs> At least if I spoke like a damn Bavarian, the Bavarian accent is very famous in German, even though it's also kind of hickish and Southern. But Bavarian German is at least like well known. It's like you wear the lederhosen and you speak Bavarian German. But I'm just speaking like a damn redneck. And my dad is like, like I could just see him like grinding his teeth. And a very funny thing. Most of the words I learned first were all martial art words because sure. I was learning to I was learning Wing Chun in German. So I had to learn, you know, like elbow and punch and and you know lower your stance and turn and i learned all those kind of things first right so my vocabulary is very intense in terms of movement right and in german just to give you an idea between the difference of real german and the hick nonsense i learned an elbow all right like when you give somebody an elbow strike right an elbow in german is ellenbogen all right ellenbogen all right but where I learned German, they didn't say Ellenbogen. They said Ellenbogen. But they even say it with that weird intonation. Right. So it's like Ellenbogen. And then like, you know, so you say like Ellenbogenschlage, right? Or schlagen, like to hit, right? Which is like elbow strike. And instead of like Ellenbogenschlagen, I would say, or Ellenbogenschlage, I would say Ellenbogenschläge. <laughs> and that is like the and and so like I would say stuff like that and also all Swabish people at the end of the sentence they say gel gel is like you know how the Canadians go what is the thing the Canadians a. say a right you know they go a a at the end of everything right well the Swabish they say gel like g e l l gel 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 it's like okay 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 and I was saying this like literally after every sentence like a freak and like my dad was just oh, so, so disappointed funny. but. In the meantime, I, I hung out with a bunch of Turks in Germany, and I picked up a, a hardcore Turkish-German accent, and I speak a, I speak a little bit less like a, like a Schwabish uh, hick, and uh, so I, I've managed to redeem myself. But, yeah, it's funny. The, the word Schwabish Halle, uh, bring, the name br brings back uh, memories of my old accent. Yeah, you know, it's funny. So. And such a New York tie-in with this is that, uh, you know, I remember being as a kid in a jewelry store my father. And I, you know, my father never really spoke much about the military. He just wasn't mm -hmm. something he spoke about that that often. And um, I remember being as a kid in a jewelry store with my father. And in New York, a lot of the jewelry stores are run by um, the Jewish people. I've seen them Jews. And Jewish people speak Yiddish, which Yiddish mm -hmm. is like a German slang. Yeah, well, it's 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 a combination of German and I believe some, you know, in, like some Jewish. I, I don't know if it's of Hebrew in particular, but it has a lot right. of German in it. When I hear Yiddish, I understand quite and a I bit. And I remember of it. standing next to my father, and we was talking about buying this ring for my mom, and we're just standing there. And next thing you know, I hear him speaking in my in my mind Jewish. Uh huh. <laughs> speaking Jewish. And I look up and I'm saying. <laughs> What the fuck? Are you, where, where did this come from? Like, like, and he's talking to the man. The man, the man starts to laugh and starts talking back to him, and and uh, you know, and they do the whole like deal conversation in Yiddish in German. And I said to him, like, well, how come? How can you speak Jewish? Like, you know. Well, Speak well, listen, Jewish. I'm a kid in Brooklyn. What do I know, right? I know. It's just so funny. I'm going to say that again to you. Do you speak Jewish? Right, like, you know, I'm a kid in Brooklyn. What do I know, right? Yes. I didn't mean anything negative by it. To me, that's what, you right, know. Right, right, right. Yeah. So he said, oh. And he said, well, I, you know, I spent a lot of time in Germany. And he explained the situation. And I says, wow, do you speak anything else? And he says, well, I know how to speak some Vietnamese as well. I said, oh, wow, we should do that. He goes, I said, I said, oh, we should go to a Vietnamese restaurant. And you could talk to the waiters and everything there in Vietnamese. And he goes, no. He goes, Sean, what I know how to say in Vietnamese, you can't say in restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. You know? <laughs> he goes, yeah, he goes, you know. Not, what I know in Vietnamese is not nice dinner conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
Awesome. And uh, I guess before we get out of here, I just want to plug one more thing for myself, if you don't sure. mind. Uh, I have my um, intensive training camp coming up this summer. I do it every year. It's a week long of training with me. It's six hours a day uh, from Monday through uh, Friday. And then on the weekend, we do some additional training for instructors. Uh, every year, I open up about five slots to students or instructors from other Wing Chun lineages or other WT schools who are not a uh, part, obviously, of my association. Um, obviously, it's geared a little bit more towards WT people because the curriculum would be a lot more familiar. Um, but whether you know people do WT in Europe or in other parts of the states or whatever, uh, I have five slots open for every um, every year's ITC, and I think one or two of them are already spoken for. Uh, but if anybody's interested, my um, uh, intensive training camp is June 24th to the 30th at my uh, Midtown New York headquarters, and I teach it every day. Super intense, uh, the program in, in great, great detail, chi sao sparring, forms, everything. We do it in, in, in brutal, brutal detail with lots of sweat, lots of training, lots of sparring. And uh, yeah, have a couple slots open for people who uh, are interested and who are not necessarily part of my uh, City Wing Chun Athletic Association. Again, that's June 24th through the 30th. If you're interested in that, send an email to our head office. That's info at citywt.com. Again, info at citywt.com. ASAP before those spots get taken up, uh, especially for dudes of Kung Fu listeners. If you would like to come and do my uh, uh, summer intensive training camp, would love to see you there. That'd be really cool. And I'll sign up for that and hope to see you there. Sounds awesome, dude. Awesome. All cool. Right. So we're on for next week yes, again. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Sounds good, man. All right. Be, see be you then. Everybody. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. Please help us get the word out there by sharing this and other episodes on your favorite social media platforms. If you're enjoying the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast, there are many ways in which you can support it. Go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out how you can help your favorite Kung Fu podcast. We are currently using Patreon to automate great benefits to those who support the podcast. As a supporter of the Dudes, you'll get early access to episodes, as well as a number of other benefits based on your donation level. This includes in-depth topic lectures and even monthly live video conferences with the Dudes. Again, go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out more about that. As always, you can help support us in small ways as well. Give us a like at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page and share links to episodes. If Twitter is your preferred social media outlet, you can follow the Dudes of Kung Fu there as well. Both Big Sean Madigan and yours truly are on Twitter too. Dudes of Kung Fu is now also on Instagram, so tag it along with the hashtag dudesofkungfu whenever you post something related to the podcast. A great way to support the dudes is to rate and review it on either the iTunes or Android app stores. The written reviews are immensely more helpful than just giving us a five-star rating. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, please write us at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Please understand that neither Sean nor I can guarantee a response, but we will consider any serious suggestions. And finally, I ask that you help spread an open dialogue with other practitioners of martial arts. Chinese Kung Fu in particular has long since suffered from caustic political discourse, which can only change with you. Remember, the person you wholeheartedly disagree with doesn't love martial arts any less than you do. Take care, and thank you for supporting the Dudes of Kung Fu!